It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What up, Snapback fam? We are giving away a signed CJ McCollum jersey. All you have to do to enter, go to CJ's Instagram at 3J McCollum and comment on his most recent post, Snapback fam, while tagging Abe and I. My Instagram at Jack Settlement, Abe's Instagram at Abe Granoff, two F's on the end there. But we had an incredible interview with CJ. We're so excited for you guys to hear it. Let's get it. One of the all-time shockers. Lehigh defeats two. Portland Trailblazers select CJ McCollum from Lehigh University. Hurry down the court. Jet blocked. Oh, McCollum with a block. McCollum the drive. Pushback jumper. It's good. CJ McCollum with 37. And it's back to three. They said my pubes look like Jamal Murray. <laughs> Excited to welcome NBA star CJ McCollum to the Snapback Sports Pod. DJ, how you living, man? I'm living well, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. No problem. No problem. So I do want to tie us together real quick. Uh, you know TJ Jordan, right? Your old coach at Lehigh? Yeah, TJ's so, my guy. So I went to school, K through 12, or first through 12. I didn't get into kindergarten, but first through 12 at McDonough, where he is now the head varsity coach. My senior season... At McDonough, we went 0-18 in conference, causing my coach to get fired, and then TJ took the job. So he owes me a thank you. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> you guys' uh, failure or lack of success. Exactly. So CJ, I have some big news I've heard in your life. You recently became the uh, a father of a four-legged furry friend. Why don't you tell us about that? You just got a dog? Yeah, uh, this is like day four now. Uh, fostered a, a dog from the Oregon uh, Dog Rescue Center, and um, she's been interesting. Uh, you can tell she's been through a lot. Uh, she was very scared early on. Uh, it was hard for her to eat, hard for her to drink out of the bowls, et cetera. But you can tell she's a really smart dog. Um, she almost made it out the house day two um, to go to the almost. bathroom. She dropped almost. a nice deuce, nice <laughs> deuce, uh, <laughs> right in the office, right behind my uh, chair, actually. Just so thankful that she didn't make it to my car. First go around today. with parenting. Yeah, well, full time. I had dogs growing up, but you know, uh, you just play you? with them, and then your 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 parents just handle the handle the hard yeah. stuff. Now, now I'm scooping up poop and taking her on walks <laughs> and trying to time up her meals to make sure that she doesn't uh, uh destroy my white plush carpet. <laughs> Do we have a name yet? Uh yes, we we did a little um, we did a little what's it called uh the Instagram thingy where you put the questions up. Mm. Basically we had we had it down to like twenty names and we cut it down to ten and we cut it down to five and we cut it down to like three. And um I think the last two names were Margot and Fiona and I think we chose Fiona. Oh, okay. I, that. I like it. Speaking of Instagram, I mean let's just address the elephant in the room. <laughs> did did anyone from the league or NBA's Instagram team actually contact you about your comments on live or everyone's just so bored that they're like, At this point, who cares? 
I mean, all I did was read a comment for the record. <laughs> read a comment. Um, that is fair. That is fair. It's not like it was my words. Even even if I saw it, all I did was read the comment. But no, um, no one has reached out to me. Um, I think that they probably thought it was funny as well. Not at the time, but now afterwards, they probably thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, they probably all thought it was funny. Meanwhile, there's probably like some like. 20 year old NBA intern sitting in the New York office, just like shit, 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 shit. How do I, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get fired all because of that. But I mean, I mean, have you shaved the neck yet? Have you shaved the face? Are we, avo- are we avoiding the elephant in the room or what? I was going go? to, uh, I was going to connect, try to connect my chin strap. <laughs> I get the, the sideburns flowing to the beard, but um, I just been so lazy and just really um, being a full-time dog is, it's, exhausting it's a full-time dog parent so i haven't had time to really address my face but it's it's out of control um i guess at this point i feel like i should see how long i can grow it out like how bad it could look um maybe <laughs> maybe do another no month. downside no, no haircut <laughs> so we've already been talking for a few minutes and our listeners have become accustomed to the fact that whoever we have on we rarely ever actually talk about what they do for a living so i'm gonna <laughs> keep that going because i'm a ravens fan and I know you are a Cleveland Browns fan. And I just want to bring us back to a great memory of mine. I was at M&T Bank Stadium week four when the Browns they busted absolutely you. smoked us. And then we went to Twitter, and I've never seen a fan base celebrate winning the Super Bowl in week four. I didn't know you could do it, but the Browns fans did. And then, obviously, the rest of the season panned out. What was that like for you? Is that, like, the best Browns moment in the past ten years? Week four win. Wow, it's super disrespectful, but I will, <laughs> I will admit the celebration was more so. Have we arrived? Oh, we were confused. Like, have we right. arrived? Are we like really a, a legit playoff team, or is this just a fluke? But either way, you bask in the glory and really just enjoy it because you never know when it's going to happen again. Especially that type of performance that we put on, like it was unbelievable. I had bet on the game. We have some coaching staff members, or should I say, friends. Um, since people don't know what I do. We have some friends uh, in the business who enjoy the Ravens. TJ's a big Ravens fan, so there's an automatic uh, standing bet every time uh, the Browns play the Ravens. And let's just say I had car washes, wine, money, (laughs) and bragging rights uh, all in one week. It was beautiful. That's nice. So I don't know what the NBA policy is, but are you allowed to actually bet on real games? Or you can make these side bets on on NFL games. We're allowed to bet on NFL games. Obviously, you know, if if it wasn't legal, I wouldn't be doing it, you know. (laughs) That's true. I'm not trying to expose you on air, but I I want to take you back to another connection of two years ago. I think you bet on the Browns over win total, and the only reason I know that is because I ran a gambling account on Twitter, and you quote tweeted it when I tweeted, like, the Browns hit their over in Baker's rookie year. So we have a lot of history, especially when it comes to the Browns. Unknown history, right? Yeah, right. So, I mean, I <laughs> guess yes. I'll – go ahead, CJ. I was going to say that, yes. I, I did tell everyone to take the over, and if I'm not mistaken, um, whoever listened to me would have won a lot of money. That's correct. <laughs> CJ McCollum, NBA star, handicapper, <laughs> wine, yoga connoisseur. <laughs> but I guess I guess this is that boring part of the podcast where I guess we can talk a little bit of basketball. Um, so I guess I'll kick it off because I have a little bit of a bone to pick with you. Um, I'll never forget when I was a junior or senior in high school, one of the ones where you don't pay attention in class. 
And I'm sitting in the back of my English class, and it's uh, probably around, I don't know, six years ago today or something like that. And I'm streaming the Lehigh versus Duke game on my phone because I was all in on the Dukies that year. I put them in my to win the national championship. And then this 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 guard I've never heard of, CJ McCollum, comes on the floor and absolutely ruins my dream and goes, what, did you have 30 in that game? Yeah, I did. I had 30 and I missed like six free throws. Oh, uh, okay. Mm. I see where you're going with that. The greats <laughs> always remember when they but, can uh, have more. Talk to me about what that game and that tournament specifically did for the rest of your career and like your draft stock, because obviously your senior year was derailed from an injury and being from a smaller school like Lehigh, you don't get the recognition that these Kansas, these Dukes and Kentucky guys got. So how, how instrumental was that Duke game when you guys beat them and more so that tournament and year in general to getting you where you are and being a top 10 pick? I think the Duke game kind of solidified what a lot of people um, that had watched me already knew um, people that were familiar with my game and who watched uh, me play throughout the first three years knew that I was an elite player. They knew I could create my shot virtually mm-hmm. against anyone, regardless of competition. But people that had only heard of me and never watched me play um, were were semi uncertain in terms of my ability to perform on the highest stage, my ability to perform against um, high major Division One uh, level talent. Uh, because I didn't do it on a nightly basis due to the fact that I was in the Patriot League. So I think you know, playing in that game on that stage just kind of solidified and showed people like, oh, he's legit. He can really play. Um, he's, he's he's able to carry a team. He can make people around him better. And um, it just put me even further on the draft boards. I think I was I was on the draft boards before people were aware of, of who I was and what I was capable of doing, but that just kind of solidified and stamped me as like, oh, this guy's legit. He's an NBA player. Um, and we're certain of it because we've seen him play and dominate against other NBA players in college. Right. I mean, you dominated pretty much every year that you were at Lehigh. So it's kind of like, I mean, if he's been doing this consistently from the start, like he clearly doesn't belong with these guys that are in the Patriot League and can, can ball with the big guys. But, I mean, fast forward to the draft, you go 10th overall. I'm a diehard, diehard, diehard Sixers fan. And uh, we were picking at 11 that year. And got Michael Carter Williams, which obviously you're doing per, a little bit better in your career than he's whoa, faring whoa, right whoa. now. MCW is rookie of the year. Yeah, but yeah, MCW is <laughs> my guy. We did pre-draft yeah, no. together. Anyway, were this was Port? Did you always know that Portland was where you were going to end up when that draft process was coming around? Did Philly ever talk to you? Like, I have a bad beef with my organization right now, but like, was there a chance that you were going to go at 11 to them? Funny story for you. I actually worked out for the Sixers. Um, sat down and talked, and this is when they had Drew Holiday, right? Right. So they had that, we Holiday, traded him. We traded him that draft to move up to get nervous. In that draft, right? Yeah. So I met with the Sixers. I worked out for them, and one of the questions they asked me was, "Do you think, um, do you think you can fit in here and play alongside or with Drew Holiday?" And I was like, "Honestly, I think I can play alongside with anybody because of my game and my ability to catch and shoot. You know, I can play on the ball and off the ball, yada yada yada." But I actually told them that honestly. I don't think I'm going to be there at 11, but if I am, you know, I wouldn't mind playing for you guys, you know what I'm saying, like that. Because when I worked out for the Sacramento Kings, the Sacramento Kings uh, basically promised that they would draft me at 7. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, I'm probably going to the Kings. And long story short, as you know, the Kings drafted Ben Macklemore. And I knew that if I was there at 10, that the Portland Trailblazers were probably going to take me. Um, they were big fans of my game. Obviously, they had a big major player who was playing pretty well at the time in Damian Lillard. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. So I knew, <laughs> I figured, okay, if I don't go seven, I'm probably going to go ten. And 
sure enough, I almost I almost was wrong because I told the Sixers I wouldn't be there and I was almost there at 11. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows if they would have drafted me based on that conversation that we had, but that's neither here nor there. And the rest is history, but um thankful um, Portland drafted me. Thankful that the Sacramento Kings didn't. And <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. that. Well, I, for one, am not thankful that Portland draft you. As a matter of fact, I'm here to pitch you, my Philadelphia 76ers, because who knows if we're going to resume, which means we're headed right into an into an offseason. And listen, we're, what, 25 minutes, 30, 30 minutes from Bethlehem, PA? Listen, we can DJ's bring a championship here. Right now. I already know you can it. play off the ball with Ben. We can we can build up the Lehigh program. Bethlehem's right down the block. I mean, everything's adding up. We can build up the Lehigh program. Everything's adding up. Everything's adding up. Yeah, it's. I, I was really close, man. Honestly, it was it was close. <laughs> like, literally, like three minutes away from potentially having a chance to go to the Sixers. Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> well, moving on to my squad, the infamous New York Knicks. You oh, commented on, on your own come podcast. On. You commented on your own pod. So, for anyone listening, if they haven't heard CJ's podcast, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but it's the Pull Up Podcast. You also have former Nick great Carmelo Anthony on your team. A lot of Nick ties. Um, we always ask this and Abe lets me, thankfully, what is the general consensus around the league? And then specifically with you, like, is it the Knicks? Is it no one actually wants to play for them or we keep missing? Like, what's good with the Knicks besides nothing? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I can't speak on, I can't speak on, you know, the rest of the league. I, I don't know what their take is on the Knicks personally, but <laughs> I do. based on what I've, based on what I've heard from, um, people, uh, who may who may or may not have been around the Knicks. I think they enjoyed playing in New York. Obviously, the media was um, an interesting uh, experiment for some players, depending on when they played and depending on the success of the team. But I think just the overall situation in New York from top to bottom, there's been a lot of changes with the, with the coaching staff. Um, obviously, the ownership is what it is. And based on what you hear about it, um, I'm not sure what to believe. But I think the situation with the practice facility – and the location of it, um, I think it's in what close to White Plains, Westchester, yeah, somewhere far. like that. You're telling it's me far. the practice facility is what's holding back <laughs> our franchise. Don't I mean that... I don't I'm just, I don't know what's holding back your franchise. Honestly, it, 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 there's probably a lot more issues. I have I have a facility. few ideas. But, I have a few but ideas. But for me being in New York and, and understanding the travel in the summertime, no one wants to sit in traffic to drive the practice. Right, right. And then <laughs> and then have to figure out if you're going to get a place in the city to go to the games. Like there's a, there's just a lot to deal with there, but um, I've never had to experience it. But from what I hear that among many other things are (laughs) what have been some underlying issues for that. James Dolan. (laughs) Oh, that was you. I didn't say it. That was all you. (laughs) Do you, what about as a visiting player? Is it at least cool to play in Madison square garden or even that's lost? Oh yeah. Okay. No, it's always cool to, to play in the garden, man. Um, the fans come out regardless of circumstances, um, regardless of the record. Um, it could be a matinee game. It could be a late game. They come out in full force, and the vibes there are unmatched. Um, it's mm-hmm. just a different type of environment, the mecca of basketball. Um, Trust me. I'm you a, always I'm a have a good time ticket holder. I know how it goes, but this is what the Knicks fans do amazingly. We can cut up that clip. And pretty much here, CJ McCollum say the Mecca is amazing, the fans are great, and I will have Nick's Twitter pretty much circulating rumors that you're headed to us whenever your contract's up. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> you That's are sick. 
You are sick. So who do you, who do you think the Knicks should draft? Um, that's a really good question. I'm all in on LaMelo Ball. I think if we're not going to be good, <laughs> CJ, we might as well be entertaining. And, like, even if LaMelo's not good, LaVar will be entertaining. And then he'll say that we're going to sign LiAngelo and Lonzo's going to get traded there. Like, we're not going to – what do you think? I'm curious. Do you watch prospects and, like, actually look into them? Only when it's almost time for the draft. Gotcha. Do I, like, maybe pay a little bit more YouTube attention? Sessions. I don't watch college basketball. Yeah, if Woj posts something or I see something where it's kind of breaking down players, I'll check it out and, and get a better understanding of, of how players are, are playing and who potentially could be drafted. Besides um, Buddy from Dayton, I don't yeah, really know Obi. a lot of these players. I know I know Obi. I, I played with him in the summertime in New York. I've played with the kid from Seton Hall. He's good. Um, his name is Miles. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, I've, I'm a ball fan. I'm a fan of him. I like the kid from Georgia. I like yeah, the, the, the big man yeah. who uh, was at Memphis. I think he's uh, okay. You know they your say stuff. Like a once a once in a generational talent. Um, but it just depends on what they want. They have a center, so maybe they maybe they take a guard. Maybe they take a lead guard. I'm not. I'm I'm not certain. <laughs> All right, that's I'm about not certain. What would we just talk about the Knicks for seven minutes? Jeez, we usually only do that for one minute. That's way too much time to talk about the Knicks. But we gotta um, get our quotes. Yeah, no, for sure. So we've got CJ to the Sixers. We've got CJ to the Knicks. I think that's all we need. We're all good. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, CJ, um, obviously you're linked to Damian Lillard for the rest of time. Like you guys are best friends on the court, best friends off the court. Obviously, we've seen what you guys can do on the court, but I'm way more interested in your dynamic of being best friends off the court because I was thinking about it. You guys are both fierce competitors um, in everything you do, and obviously you coexist on the court, but I feel like there has to be some competitive beef off the court. What's the, what's your relationship like with Dame? Is, is it is your, your best friends on the court and rivals off the court? <laughs> no, we get along well off the court too. We don't. Competition stuff is for basketball. You compete yeah. in practices. Um, you compete more so against yourself, the standards you have for yourself, things you want to accomplish. And um, we challenge each other uh, in practices and games. Um, and off the court, it's just more like how you are with your friends. You make fun of them sometimes. You joke with them sometimes. You send them memes and you laugh at Instagram stories. And you go shopping and just the normal stuff that any 20 to 30 year old does. And we probably have done it, movies, whatever vacations, um, it's the normal stuff that, that you do with your friends. Uh, if there's, there's people are barbecuing or, or something like that, then I'm telling them to put me a plate up. And if your dad is making oxtails, I'm like, make sure you make sure you tell your dad to make me some oxtails. This is normal, the normal stuff like that you would do with, with your friends. Right. It, it makes me think of like Jack and I. Like We've been best friends since we were nine years old, and obviously we started this podcast together. But, I mean, I'm going to be blunt honest I hate everything he supports. I hate the if, like I'm a diehard Eagles fan. If the Ravens played the Cowboys in a Super Bowl, I think you would catch me in a Dallas Cowboys. But like, obviously, obviously we have chemistry when we do this podcast. We both love talking sports to each other. But like, if there's not a microphone in front of us, it it, it can get ruthless. It can get ruthless with the microphone. It can get ruthless with. You guys could be very disrespectful towards each other. Huh? Exactly. Um, well, that's, we did, that's also a part we, of a friendship. You have to make fun of each other. So. Exactly. How self-aware are you guys like about NBA Twitter? I know you're pretty active, but did you see what Trey Young just posted on Instagram? Uh, how long ago did he post it? I, I think he posted it like right before we hop on, hopped on. 
Do you know the picture of like the lollipop that has the hairs on it, and they always make fun of him? Yeah. <laughs> he literally just posted that on his own Instagram. So he's clearly <laughs> self-aware of like all that stuff that's going on. You were self-aware when you made the Jamal Murray comment. Like, how are you self-aware with that stuff? The Jennifer stuff, like all of that. How is Jennifer? <laughs> yeah, how is Jennifer? I have I have no idea how Jennifer's doing, but um, I think <laughs> I think we're all aware of what people say about us or what's written about us, the rumors. You, it's impossible not to see some of it. Um, in your day-to-day life where if you don't see it, someone will ask you about it. So <laughs> even mm-hmm. if you thought you got around it, um, it's it's coming at some point, but that's life. And I think Trey Young is showing you that he knows what people are saying about him. He's very aware of right. uh, people's compliments and when people are putting him down, just as, you know, he went through it in his, in his summer league debut. He didn't play particularly well, and in the game he didn't shoot well, and they were saying he was a bust off of one summer league game. I was like, this is crazy, and <laughs> he remembers it. And and as I think James Harden said it, make sure the uh, make sure the uh, compliments are as loud as the disrespect was. Basically, like yep. uh, y'all was very disrespectful when things weren't going well. So make sure y'all uh, give me my props when they're due. Right. Listen, as Jack said, you're huge on NBA Twitter, and I just I had to bring this up before we let you go. I pulled up a tweet from a few weeks ago, and I am fully on board with this take, but I need you to help me educate Jack. On March 15th, okay. you tweeted, amidst this whole pandemic, you tweeted, everyone been buying toilet paper, but your booty's still dirty if you don't have baby wipes too. Preferably the flushable Johns. Stay clean, my friends. Just my thoughts on this Sunday. Jack does not use baby wipes, and he is out of he, his mind. He doesn't use baby wipes? No. Uh, you know I'm what that means? Dirty booty. That means it's... That means it's booty dirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, CJ, I have one thing before we cut off because my whole thing that my our whole following knows is that I hoop in ankle socks, and that's been my thing since Abe and I were oh, eight years you old. Hoop in ankle socks? And, well, this is the thing. We saw a video where you said it's fair play for people to wear ankle socks, but I believe you were referring to just any day type of shoe. But I hoop. I've hooped in Kobe since the day I was born, and I – I wear ankle socks because they're low shoes, and I think it gives – it puts my defender – he's like, oh, this guy is probably trash. Is that a fair play or a foul play? If you wear ankle socks, I just assume that you're weak. So, exactly. I mean, like, exactly. You ankle socks on. At all the but socks what, in your house, you, you grab the ankle socks to go hoop. Like, that's crazy. But <laughs> what if I'm nice and then I blow by you because you're expecting me to be trash? Maybe you should try it out. Your first quarter scoring might improve. <laughs> I'm just saying. These are, these are things already, to think about. People already know who I am, though. So it's like, <laughs> no matter what type of socks I, I wear, guess, like the scattering for the job. I guess there's a little tape on you. <laughs> it's a little there's tape. A little but if you're hooping at, this, at like a rec center or something like that, you can definitely fool somebody based on your appearance. Like if you got sleeves on and stuff, they, they probably think you're weak, too. So you can overdo it. Bro, Kyle Corver used to wear socks up to his knees. <laughs> So, right, but his jump shot was pitcher perfect. Yeah, that shit was wet. <laughs> so pretty much we'll conclude this with CJ's going to the Knicks. If I ever make it to the NBA, I can't wear ankle socks. And that pretty much wraps up our don't pod. Forget to, don't forget to buy um, baby wipes. Oh, and baby wipes. Yes, thank you. Baby and wipes. Uh, final uh, prediction. Wipes, whatever, you, whatever you like. Final yeah. prediction for the Browns this season? Um, oh, man. What kind of you say only Jesus can save them. Um, <laughs> as a betting man, yeah, this is over, important. I think the over, I think the over under will be at seven and seven. Okay. Eight. I think the over under will be at eight. Vegas odds will probably give them eight because eight is like, ooh, can they get nine wins? 
Yeah. I think nine. Well, now we're in the really 17 game season. Or is that No, no, no. That's not till the year after. I think this is oh, extra okay. playoff and that's yeah. I think it'll be around 8. I agree. You, so what's your call? I over think the over under will be at eight. I'll take the over, barely Ooh. over. I might even I might even push it because I think we can get nine. I think okay. nine and seven is realistic. Obviously, new coaching staff got to make some adjustments. But this is year two of the Baker, Odell, Juice uh, experiment. So I think we'll be we'll be in a better position. We got we added Austin Austin uh, from the Atlanta Hooper, Falcons. Austin yeah, Hooper. facts. And we All got right. we got yeah. one of the best running backs in the world. So. That's yeah, good. with that offensive line, though, come on. <laughs> Go oh, we're drafting Buddy from Louisville. We're All drafting right. a dude that ran like oh. a 4-8. Four, four the lineman now that's like 300-something pounds, the heaviest guy at the combine with his fastest 40 times. Uh, J. McCollum, a.k.a. Mel Kuyper, a.k.a. <laughs> and if yeah, look, up the, look up the guy from Louisville when we hang up. And that's who my Browns should take because we need protection. Yeah, you're okay. damn right, you do. <laughs> All right, CJ. We appreciate you got you coming on. Everyone who's listening, make sure to subscribe to CJ's podcast, The Pull Up Pod. Talks about Carmelo Anthony, Nick Great. That's all I pretty much focused on, but it's a really good pod. <laughs> um, but we appreciate your time and best of luck. Stay safe out there. CJ, no thanks, man. Hopefully, we can get this season easy. going back on. Well, we hope so. Yep. Best of luck, thanks, man. CJ. Take it easy. All right. Peace.